Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Jay Helms, and I'm the founder of this podcast and movement known as the W2 Capitalist. Today's episode, I'm joined by Tom Gustafsson, who is my 1031 Exchange Qualified Intermediary. I still can't say that word, and you'll know what I'm talking about. He's my QI for my 1031 Exchange. This is my second time to work with Tom and his father, Andy, on doing a 1031 exchange. They make the process extremely simple. All the pressure is on me to be able to identify the property and get get to the closing table. But other than that, these guys make it extremely simple. Uh, and quite frankly, the reason why I'm talking to Tom uh, today, and I appreciate him coming on and talking about my personal situation, is I, I'm under the 1031 exchange clock, right? So I've got to identify a few properties uh, within the next 45 days or, or actually probably 40 days now from when this was recorded. And I get into a conversation or a discussion uh, I was having on social media, basically, uh, this guy, uh, I think his name was Brandon or Brendan or something like that. And just saying the word Brendan makes me think of, uh, stepbrothers where, uh, Brendan's brother gets up on stage and starts yelling, Brendan or not yelling, but singing with the whole quartet that Brendan has a mangina. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Oh man, there's so many great scenes in that movie. Uh, but basically, Brendan and I get into a conversation about can you partner on a 1031 exchange? Uh, he calls me a liar. It was, you know, I'm sleep deprived. We've, we're welcoming kid number three into the world now for a few weeks. I'm not getting as much rest as I want to. So my filter was completely off. I basically told the guy to go fuck himself. He didn't know what he's talking about. And uh, quite frankly, what I, I did is I led him down a conversation to get him to admit to me that he's never done a 1031 exchange before uh, and he's been getting some wrong advice. But turns out, basically, and Tom and I talk about this and kind of work through it, um, it was semantics, right? So when in the 1031 exchange, when I was con conversing with Tom about this via email, it came across as partnership. And uh, the way that you partner with a 1031, because you technically cannot partner with a 1031, the way around that, uh, or to do that legally, so to speak, is to do what's called a tenant in common, a tick. So we get into that, what that means. But ultimately, what I learned from this is that a tenant in common, uh, unless you're dealing with a huge transaction and somebody you know you're going to continue doing business with, it is not worth the paperwork and headache. Um, so in some instance, Brendan was correct. In some instance, I was correct. So maybe we just became best friends and we didn't know it. Uh, I guess we're going to go build some bunk beds. But anyway, uh, key things to know about today's show. We talk a lot about my personal situation and my 1031 exchange. So you, you'll get the details on that. We dive into general rules of a 1031 exchange. Uh, and also, which I think is highly important, and we, we probably didn't spend enough time on this now that I think about it, is how to qualify a qualified intermediary, which is somebody you have to have if you're going to 1031 exchange. So those are the three main things that we covered today. There's a lot more content than just those three, but I want to highlight those three so you all know about them. Before we dive into it, I want to point you guys a reference. You'll hear a little commercial here for Everly Well here in a minute, but I want to reiterate how life-changing that has been for me to take one of their home health tests, discovered that I had a gluten sensitivity issue. I've been altering my diet. Uh, quite frankly, I've put on some weight because uh, my wife, who has been a great cook anyway for as long as I've known her, um, she found these gluten-free brownies, which I'm eating in rows instead of just little squares uh, because they are amazing. Uh, so anyway, Everly Well, check them out on, on our affiliates link at w2catalyst.com uh, slash affiliates, and you'll get a little bit more information on the test that I took and, and the results. So just want to share that with you. But without further ado, I'm going to build some bunk beds with Brennan. Without further ado, let's get to work. capitalist. You are addressing the gap between your successful, fulfilling W-2 job and building wealth for your family through real estate investing. You are ready to earn, invest, repeat. Welcome to the W-2 Capitalist Podcast. Now, let's get to work. Here's your host, Jay Helms. 
AJ, good morning. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good, my man. Buddy, I got to tell you, I love the beard. <laughs> Thanks, my friend. It's about a year, a year and a half of growth. Nice. I wasn't sure, I wasn't sure if we were going to be doing a video call or a audio, so sorry if it's no. it is, right? <laughs> no, I, I do the video because okay. um, to help try to grab facial expressions, and you'll have to forgive me this morning. This has been my excuse uh going on several weeks now but there is some truth to it but we had a rough night with the kids last night um, how many you got buddy three wow three. how old are they uh four two and almost three weeks bless your heart oh my <laughs> gosh in the name of jesus wow that's crazy buddy yeah that's we wild. our two-year-old is uh she was screaming for a couple of hours we're trying to let her you know get it out of her system oh, yeah. and sleep through it no uh, problem and, and then she woke up our son in the process. Oh my gosh! So uh, yeah, I'm, I, and oh, well, so this is on me too. And it's six thirty. It's six. I'm trying to get the bug zapper out of the picture there. Oh, I'm not going to use the video. Oh, okay, so, good. Okay, yeah. okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got this right here. But hey, I I appreciate that. I kind of yeah. those too. So. I kind of I'm man. It's kind of therapeutic to me. I kind of like listening to a buzz. You know. <laughs> Is that weird? Is that I've weird? Got, I don't know. I've interviewed uh, a psychologist you probably need to talk to about yeah, that. I don't know. That's probably, probably, probably has some issues I got to work through. Yeah. Don't we all, though? Uh, uh, don't yes. We all? Yes, we do. Right so, <laughs> um, but no, you know, we, I don't even know where I was going. This is, this is, I, I even had a uh, mentor call this morning at 5 30 that I missed. It's the first one I've ever missed. Wow. But the guy, the guy messaged me because like 5 45. Uh, he goes, Hey, are we on for today? Okay. I was like, Oh, I thought we were meeting at six. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, golly. So, you're, you're morning riser. Are you a Hal Elrod uh, morning, uh, morning, um, morning, miracle morning, miracle morning, miracle guy, miracle morning? He, uh, that book changed my life, man. It wow. Was, it was at, uh, I was, uh, well, also having kids. Sure. Uh, so, this is where I was going, uh, backing up. I am, uh, this morning struggling is also on me because I got into the hockey game last night. I don't know if you're a hockey guy. I mean, I, I want to be more than I am. Who won? Uh, the Blues. The Blues won? Yeah. They, oh, my gosh. It's two to two. Oh, and my gosh. If, really, they win, if they win, that'll be the craziest. Going from last in the NHL to winning is the craziest story. But they're, they're extremely physical. I don't, you mm. know, I, I don't really – I can't follow the puck enough right. no, i don't yeah. know strategy i never played before right you no know, my my dad did me an honest one and took me mm. to a hockey game when i was probably 10 yeah it was minor league stuff and and he you know he was like hey we're going to where uh they fight and a hockey game's gonna break yeah. out that was his line <laughs> that, you know, like, i don't understand but when we got there i totally sure. got it you know right and, and, totally um, yeah I, I we have so you have three little ones bless your heart you you take you take all the the good you know energy and prayers there and we have, coffee, man. Five, yeah, cheers, right? We have a five and a three-year-old, both girls. And I'm trying to keep – my wife's trying to keep them at bay right now. Yeah. Um, but um, – But she's doing a good job, man. Yeah, she no, no, no. We'll see. We'll, well, let's, let's save the judgment till the end. But the, uh, we took them – I've been taking them to I'm, – I'm based out of Orlando. Right. And in Orlando, we have like – gosh, it's probably third or fourth tier amateur hockey. ECA. Okay. So we've got the Orlando Solar Bears, and they love going to the Solar Bears games. It's nice. so I mean, it's it's twenty bucks, and you're basically on the ice, which is amazing. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, versus versus going to see the I just went and saw the Lightning in the last season play the Capitals. I paid ninety dollars, and I was three seats from the top, and it was still amazing. Wow. Still yeah. totally worth it, and still really neat. But uh, that's I mean, you it, you know the level of play is obviously light years different. Yeah, but the girls yeah. just had fun eating pizza and screaming and all that. Screaming, so. yeah, <laughs> that's so. awesome. Mm -hmm. We haven't taken we 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 took my uh, son before our our uh, second kid was born to mm -hmm. him, and and he wasn't old enough to he was he was ready to go. He he, yeah, yeah. he didn't want to sit down in the seat. He wanted to walk around the entire. Oh, time. for sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, let me be clear. I didn't. Maybe I misrepresented. We can only last through the second period. We've never made it. To okay. Period, okay. But, <laughs> I still think that's pretty good. That's yeah, bad, yeah. Right? Especially for uh um for twenty bucks, man. Yeah. Jeez, man. It's a good night. It's a good night. I really so, like it. Yeah. <laughs> you get to watch a little hockey, right? Yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. I they may, know, I'll tell you, go ahead. 
I don't even know who to pull for. I, I mean, really. So in the NHL, I, I really tune in during uh, the playoffs, right? Yeah, because that's when I feel like they really step it up. You know, they totally. step up their game and totally. Totally. Know, one thing about the Blues that I noticed last night, or actually uh, a couple of nights ago, mm-hmm. they're just so much more physical. Mm. You know, and and mm-hmm. I just can't imagine being you know 20 30 years old and mm-hmm. just trying to skate number one i don't know if you've ever tried to ice skate i have it's uh, like you're on razor blades it's nuts well you are but you know i may get like at my pace right mm-hmm. where i'm barely moving not trying to yeah. bust my ass yeah i may get a halfway around the ring and my yeah. calves and my shins are burning oh, totally and your ankles totally yes and yeah. i'm like now, uh-huh. how do you guys do this for two minutes yeah. and then, you know and, and try to stay up but and they've done it all their life and right. lives and, and stuff. So, but it's 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 amazing Crazy. to me and the physicality so, yeah. of it. Yeah, I, every every year I I want to be a more devoted fan of the Lightning, and not because they're top of the NHL, but just because I want to root for a team here in yeah. Florida, and and it's closer to me than the Panthers. Um, it's just I just never get there. I'm a, more of a college football guy, so I just never get to the extreme fandom of the NHL yeah. as I do with with college football. And, uh, but you know, we're lucky, we're lucky to have them so close. Yeah. Good yeah. Right now. Who's your college football team? Uh, we may not be buddies after this, but, uh, Ohio state. So I bought like, <laughs> before, you, before, you dump, before you dump on me, I was born and raised in Columbus, Ohio. So I okay. have a good, right. I didn't go to school there, but grew up all over the Midwest, but definitely, um, grew up in Columbus predominantly. And so Andy, my dad and I are just crazy Buckeyes fans. So yeah. Uh, that's I can't wait. We're less than a hundred days until college football. I'm ready. There you go. You know, now I'm not. I'm not going to pick on you. I don't have any beef against. Uh, well, now that, Ur- or, or, now that Urban's gone, it, you know, I think after a year, it made the the all of the mal feelings may dissipate here in Florida. <laughs> but for the last yeah. seven years, it's you couldn't you couldn't pick. Say you're. I won't wear my Ohio State shirt out because it's like I just don't want to. I don't want to bring on the trouble. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you don't want to bring on those conversations. Yeah. Which I don't understand. I don't know. I'm not. A, so yeah. I'm a tiger fan. I had to say I'm a yeah. tiger fan. Cause I was raised Auburn, mm-hmm. uh, but my wife is from Clemson area. Wow. So, uh, you know, to, to not sleep on the couch or get kicked out yeah, of the wheel, yeah, I just have to say go tigers and I'm that's right. And you're good. Some, yeah. They share that's some right. colors and, that's right. and stuff like that's that. Right. So. Yeah, that's well, right. Yeah. Look, man, let's dive into this because I sure. got to get uh, ready to go to work. Got it. And uh, I don't want to test your wife and how well yeah. she yeah. can <laughs> corral That's the right. kids. She's, she's great at it. And I'll do an intro for you uh, <laughs> afterwards. Don't want to waste our time here to, to sure. do this. And when I say afterwards, it'll probably be tomorrow. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no worries, man. But uh, the reason why we're here to talk is about 1031 Exchange, right? right? And I've done one before with you guys. I connected yep. with you through my uh, lawyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I love, and this is the first time you and I have actually talked, right? Right. I've been with your dad, <laughs> right. mostly. And uh-huh. I've told him, and I've referred y'all to a couple of people, and I don't know how many people actually that. signed up. But I, here's what I tell them. I was like, here's why I do business with them. Mm-hmm. Every time I've called, Andy has answered the phone. Yes, right. It didn't That's matter right. what time or what, you know, and I try to be sure. uh, cord- not cordial. I don't have a v- vast vocabulary. <laughs> no, yeah, I don't have vast vocabulary, sure. but right now the dots are just not connected. You're so doing great, man. You're I'm, doing uh, great. I'm trying to get that coffee. You're doing great. This coffee. That's right. But every time I've called him, he's answered the phone. And it's, yeah. not like, it's not like I'm calling a reception. Hey, wait for this. Like mm-hmm. I have his number. Yep he answers right and he always has what i feel like is is that's the right correct answer that's right. it's very confident in what he, what y'all are doing there so um yeah so Excellent. i appreciate that thanks jay so this is my second time working with you guys mm-hmm. um i've already closed on the property that i sold right correct. we've done all yep. the paperwork and whatnot so done. from that i posted in a couple of groups and on my personal uh social media that i'm looking for uh, a property, you know, kind of put my criteria out there. Right. And this is really what prompted this call, right? Mm-hmm. Is because I got a couple of folks saying, Hey, well, if you're open for a partnership, here's, you know, I've got something that could work for you. Right. And I responded to one of those posts and, and this uh, said, look, my 1031 doesn't allow for partnerships. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of got in this banter back and forth mm-hmm. with this guy because essentially he told me I, I wasn't informed or mm-hmm. I was lying. And oh, okay. I was like, 
I don't even know who this guy is. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, yeah, there's one thing if you're seeking the truth and you feel like I'm not telling it, but you just, you just call me a liar. So I really pushed this guy to say, and it pissed me off. And I was, Mm -hmm. I was in one of these sleep deprivation modes and I was like, all right, filters off. Let's go, buddy. And, and, uh, you know, I led him down a path Mm -hmm. for him to admit he's never done 1031. Great. Okay. Uh, but he has a mentor that's told him they, they can do all this stuff. Well, mm-hmm. during that conversation, long story short, I'm trying to anyway, uh, during that conversation, another gentleman pops in and says, Hey, I think what you need to look for is a tick. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yep. There I know a country song that mentions tick, there you go. but I don't know what, the, I don't know what a tick is. So that's right. Help me understand uh, what a tick is. Sure. Jay. So um, tick stands for tenants in common. And um, essentially what the debate you're having is, is tracks back to a core tenant of 1031. And at its base level, that tenant is that the same taxpayer who sells needs to be the same taxpayer who buys. And how does the IRS define that? The way they define that is the tax ID of the seller needs to be the same tax ID of the buyer. So in your case, you and Cassandra sold, right? And right. so therefore you need to apply. Cassandra's my wife for those That's of you right. who don't so, know, right? <laughs> sorry. Oh yeah. Sorry. Uh, and um, <clears throat> so be, being at that, you sold as individuals that's tied back to your social security numbers. Now uh, there's nuance to this, right? And we won't get into all the detail today, but you could acquire in single member LLCs, both you and your wife, you right. could acquire in certain trust situations, but what your question is about ticks and how to acquire in a, in a partnership, and as long as you and Cassandra acquire as part of a tenant and comp situation, um, you're going to maintain the same taxpayer from the property you sold to the property you buy. You buy. Wow. Sorry. It's early. You bought. Excuse me. No, <laughs> um, I get you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's permissible. Um, what, what that means is that you and she could, could acquire 50% of a property. Then you could have a partner that's a multi-member LLC, another individual, whatever, acquire the other 50%. But those interests are separate. So in a tenant in common situation, you have separate interests. What you can't do is you can't acquire um, by joining a multi-member LLC. Why? Because you would change the, the, the definitive nature of the seller who was, who, who, who was you and, and your social security number. Now you acquire in that multi-member LLC and that has an EIN. So that's a different taxpayer. So okay. Part of the, like I was saying, the basic tenant is that you have the same taxpayer throughout the transaction. Gotcha. Um, so you, you, you couldn't join a multi-member LLC. You couldn't you buy an interest, you know, in uh, uh, another partnership. Um, that's considered, uh, it's not considered real property, right? And the 1031 is uh, based around the sale of real property and the acquisition of real property. That excludes debt relief, um, partnerships, inventory, and a couple other items. But those are things you can't acquire, and certainly we can't acquire personal property with that. So so in your debate, uh, though it may have been at, at beginning light-spirited spir- light <laughs> and then mean-spirited, um, there is a way, like I was saying, through the tick structure to acquire with partners, but you have to do it a very specific way. And then after you acquire, and this is a much longer conversation, but there are ways that you can transition ownership at a later time, but Mm. there's not a lot of bright lines in regards to how that's done. So it's always best practice, in my opinion, as a qualified intermediary who accommodates 1031 exchanges to sell in the entity that's been on title and then to acquire in the entity that's been on title to the property you sold with the exception of acquiring in a single member LLC or in, in case you and, and your wife got say uh, revocable living trusts just for privacy purposes, for estate planning and probate, um, you know, uh, uh, probate avoidance, um, that's possible. Yeah. But when you acquire, it needs to be in that same taxable entity. And a tick is a good way to do that. So you un- unpackaged a lot there. I want to try to go back through it. So uh, what I basically think, what I heard was that um, the way I asked my question originally to you, you answered it correctly, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I think I simply asked, can I invest in a partnership? Correct. And if you look at how a partnership is defined, you answered that correctly by saying no. Correct. Um, the follow-up to that is, 
multiple entities, me and Cassie being one of them. Mm -hmm. She goes by Cassie for short. Sorry. Okay, great. So, no, no, that's fine. <laughs> um, uh, we were one entity. We can, I'm using air quotes, partner mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. another entity, whether it be a mm -hmm. single member LLC, an individual, or multiple memberships right. into a property as long as we follow the tick process, the tenant Correct. common process, right? With so yeah, with defined interest or defined percentages of ownership. And yeah. and the guy who brought up uh, tick to me in this uh, online conversation, mm -hmm. uh, he actually said uh, something I think you were alluding to there is that he went down this road, mm -hmm. discovered how much headache and paperwork there was and decided, mm -hmm. okay, I'm not going to do this. Sure. Yeah. So, so how much additional paperwork is there for you to do for me to do for my techs? I mean, I'm sure on the back end, you know, this is one thing I didn't think about when I did this last year with you guys is my, mm -hmm. uh, this, this, my CPA, mm -hmm. you know, when we did our tax return this year, there was some additional paperwork. Sure. It almost doubled the, my price of, uh, and I knew, I mean, I knew it was going to be something. Mm -hmm. And again, I don't, for what my CPA, I'm not trying to, uh, bash my CPA does a great job. This is the second year I've used him and I wish I would have done it a long time ago. Sure. Um, but you know, there was some additional paperwork, additional time for him and his crew to do the paperwork for the 1031 exchange. I imagine if you do a tick, there's even more paperwork for the CPA to do. Right. Or, well, is, or I, is there, um, I'm not a CPA, so I can't, ah, the disclaimer, I should have started with that. Yeah, no, 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 I like it. I like it. I'm not a CPA. I'm not an attorney. I have a ton of respect for both. And I know my lane. Right. So, yeah. but I, I will Perfect. tell you, um, to kind of answer your question in a different way, you know, if, approaching your replacement property in a tick, um, it, it can be complicated simply because you've approached the property as a 1031, right? Yeah. Your partners may not have. Yeah. So there's going to be certain safe harbors and, and I wouldn't say restrictions, but rules and regulations that you are going to have to follow that your partners may have a different, um, they may have a completely different subset of, of strategies and goals that are separate yeah. from you. Right. And so they may go, man, we just got a great offer, Jay. And, and we've had this property for six months. We got to sell this and we got to take the cash because this offer is hot. We got to go. Yeah. And you go, gosh, whoa, whoa, Tom told me, that in order to be within revenue procedure 2008-16 and the IRS safe harbors, I've got to hold this property for two years. And your partner's going, but look at this offer, Jay, we got to move. And you're going, we're in, now we have tension. Yeah. And so I, I can't speak to the added paperwork in regards to the CPA side of, of operating in a tick, but I can tell you that from experience, working with partners that are not part of your 1031 can put you in a compromise compromising position. Um, you yeah. know, just like in general, like, you know, I mean, we haven't discussed this, but you know, it, it, the 1031 in general, it's, it's a great tool to defer your taxation, to use that capital now, right? That's the yeah. whole point. You get that cash. Now you can leverage that cash, reinvest that cash. Uh, whereas typically you would, you would have to pay that directly to the IRS in a standard sale. Um, you're getting to use that cash now, right? Um, however, what comes along with that, and you, this is your second 1031, so you know this, is that there, there are very specific rules and guidelines you have to follow. And per our conversation, even the other email you're saying is like, hey, how, how, tell me about my access to the yeah. funds. Like, let's say yeah. something comes up and, you know, the day after I close, I get this great opportunity but your funds are in escrow. And what you and I were emailing about was G6. Which exactly happened. So, yeah. so to paint the picture a little bit, um, uh, so I've got about 100,000, right, in, yeah. in escrow with you guys. Right. Am I saying that right, in escrow? Yeah, you got it. Right. Mm -hmm. So that so I, I'm going to say play money, even though it's not play money, right? But I, it's, it's money that I can use to invest in my next property that I have tied up in a 1031 exchange. Right. Um, so... Hey everybody, I want to take a break from the action real quick and point you over to Passive Real Estate Investor Academy. It's one of our affiliate sponsors for the show. Um, Annie Dickerson, who leads up the academy there, I've met her, I met her at a conference last year. I uh, wanted to meet her because she is actually on uh, one of our posts, uh, 12 sites every financial freedom seeker should know about. Uh, the things that they're doing at Good Ag Investments, uh, I'm just amazed by. Uh, she had a very successful W-2 career, but also, uh, I think it was last year, uh, 2018, 
she was able to pull her parachute cord and become a corporate dropout and focus on real estate investing full time. So, and by that, I mean her and her partner are now syndicating deals through their uh, corporation, Good Egg, Good Egg Investments. And what I'm most impressed by these, these ladies, what they're doing is they closed, I think it was around 3,500 doors last year. Um, and now they're teaching, they've launched this course, Passive Real Estate Investor Academy, uh, to teach people what it really means to become a passive real estate investor and working with syndicators, whether you work with them or not, it helps you understand what a passive real estate investor is all about. So check them out. We have a specific link for you. You can find it at helmsrei.com slash P-R-E-I-A. All right, let's get back to it. This literally happened. So the day after we closed, I get this email from um, uh, from a a trusted source, right? Mm -hmm. Hey, here is a multifamily property we're looking at. Minimum investment is 50 grand. Mm -hmm. uh, more details coming out later, but here's what we're expecting for this value add property. I'm thinking, oh, this is ideal. You know, mm -hmm. I've been wanting to do something with this group. Mm -hmm. And um, I was like, but man, I don't have that money except for it's tied up in a 1031 exchange. So my question sure. to you was, right. can I take out 50 grand of that mm -hmm. and do something with it? And then, so that's where we are now, right? So sure. help me help answer that. I know you answered sure. it in the email, but yeah, no, no, so no problem. So, so as I was saying, you've got the benefit of the capital of the 1031. You can use that capital now. the The drawbacks are that you there are very clear. Your wife's doing a great job, by the yeah, way. She's doing, I was like, well, the girls are at, the girls are at the door. I don't know if you can hear the blender in the background, but the vitamin no, uh, is going. Uh, anyway, at least the dogs aren't barking, right, Jay? Um, so that's job, next. That's coming next, job. right? Um, so, so you get the benefit of the 1031, the capital usage that you would have otherwise paid in taxes. But here's, right. but here's the reality of the 1031. Part of what the rules and regulations are that there's called G6 regulations, and those are very clear about the access of the exchanger, which is which is you, to your exchange proceeds once you've closed on the property you've sold. So you've already sold your relinqu what's called your relinquished property, the property that you're selling. Right. Now, now your equity or your exchange proceeds are held in escrow on your behalf, which is kind of the whole point of the qualified intermediary. It's to keep the funds at arm's length of the exchanger, right? Yeah. Once those funds go into escrow, uh, there's only there are very specific times that you have access to those funds. Uh, it, per your example, if you get the best deal ever the next day after you close, I am not, I am not allowed to relinquish the funds to you until the 46th calendar day. Hmm. Because the IRS is looking at this like you, you, you're potentially going to ID properties, you're going to potentially uh, acquire properties. So those funds cannot be released to you. Now, there's a there's probably a dozen different ways that we could break this down but let's say you wanted to acquire a replacement property the next day that's totally fine you can use your funds at any time for an earnest money deposit for towards acquisition fully of your replacement property but i can't release your funds to you until day 46. now gotcha. to okay. get in the weeds to get in the weeds even further if uh let's say you acquire a property the day after and there's a 50 for fifty thousand dollars and there's fifty thousand dollar balance I can't release that balance to you until the 46th day, right? Gotcha. Okay. But um, uh, but if you if you wait till the 45th day and then you ID, um, well, I guess we we could go into all these, but yeah, there's a ton of different scenarios. But I think the the premise is that yeah. you 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 can use your escrowed funds right to buy like-minded property. Correct. Uh, anything left over, or if you don't identify uh, those properties within that 45 day period, I essentially 46 day I, right. is when I can get access to that cash. Right. Now, so. now let me tell you this, what, what I've done, this has happened last week. I had a group out of Nashville selling a $1.7 million commercial property, um, multi-member LLC. Um, and what they did is they were like, well, we want to get access to this funds. It's called boot. Now keep in mind that any cash taken, any debt relief at any time is taxable. Right. So, any, so if you took that 50 K you're getting taxed on it. Right. So in their scenario, they weren't clear on what they wanted to acquire, but they knew they wanted to take cash. And so okay. what, my recommendation in any 1031 where an exchanger is thinking about taking funds, the best time to do that is when you sell your property. 
So if you had known, so again, you didn't know about this prop, this opportunity, but let's say yeah. you did know, right? And you could say, hey, Tom, I want to, as part of my closing or relinquished property, I want to take 50000 at closing. I recognize it's going to be taxed, but but we can just have the title company or closing attorney cut you a check for the 50 right off the top. And then right. only 50 would have gone into escrow. And in that scenario, like you have that 50 to leverage towards the 1031 replacement property. Yeah, That's what I would recommend for any individual that's considering taking what's called boot is take the boot up front. Boot. Um, boot right. <laughs> but the, the challenge with that and what we found with this other group is when you take the cash up front, you don't know what kind of property you might find. And therefore you're limiting yourself a little bit in fully maximizing the 1031. Whereas if they would have said, you know what, let's wait. We don't know what's going to happen, but let's wait until the end. Let's try and utilize as much of these funds as possible. And whatever's left over at the end, you know, you can give back to us. And what I didn't go into earlier is if you identify a property uh, and all those properties are sold, I'm still obligated to hold your funds 181st calendar, mm. right? So let's say on day 45, you ID three properties. On day 46, all three are sold to different buyers. Right. So you, clearly, you can't move forward because as you know, after you ID the 45th day, you cannot add to the, to the list. You have yeah. to acquire what you've ID'd. G6 regulations uh, are very clear that I am obligated to hold your exchange proceeds till the 181st calendar day because you've right. ID'd. So whereas there are a ton of benefits of the 1031 exchange, there are also very strict guidelines. Um, and that's why we put them in our engagement letter. We try and make it very clear that like, listen, this, you can't just tell us, Hey, I changed my mind. Give me my money back. Right. Um, it just doesn't work that way. And yeah. the, the, the reason why we can't do that is because we're considered qualified intermediaries. And what that means is that we essentially are not working. Um, we're not under your control in regards to your funds. Right. Yeah. That's why it can't but it's be my money. Why can't yeah, I do right? it? Know, right? <laughs> so yeah. It can't be your mom and dad. It can't be, you know, certain other disqualified parties. And if we were just to willy nilly return the funds to anyone that says, forget it, give me my money back, it could jeopardize what we do and uh, make it so that we can't continue being qualified intermediaries. Yeah. So it's very important. Uh, I'll Absolutely. be in a very uncomfortable position. I assure you, Andy, <laughs> just a handful in 16 years, not many, but a couple where people are not uh, thrilled, let's shall we say, that they can't have their funds back. Yeah. But yeah. It's just very important. So hopefully that answers that question. It, it does. And, and you unpackage a lot. I love how you're getting technical. And I think it shows the depth of your, y'all's knowledge. And, and I didn't necessarily know that y'all had been in business for 16 years. But you, yeah. you, know, you said 2008 dash blah, blah, blah. And you started getting sure. G6 yeah. regulation. And I'm like, oh, yeah, hey, like I'm D glad you know this because <laughs> I don't I don't want to take a test later. Well, I know but, a lot about a little. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's good, right? Um but the one thing, so I want to back up, all right, because we kind of dove into my specific situation, and that's not, I wanted to kind of build this thing up and then dive into those questions, but that's on me. So let's back up for a minute. You mentioned qualified intermediary. I can't even sure. say that word. It's all good, buddy. It's early. We're going to call it QI for <laughs> QI. short, there right? All there right. we go. That's what I'm talking about. But I found, I found you guys, so I basically asked my lawyer, Hey, mm -hmm. who I'm looking to do a 1031 exchange. Who do you recommend? Right. Sure. And he, he connected me with you guys. Um, so, but how, if I didn't do that, how sure. could somebody else qualify a, a QI, right? How, to question. make sure they're legitimate and knows all these regulations and things like that. Is yeah. there, well, let me, I'll tell you, I'll answer your question first and then I'll tell you the scary underbelly second. Okay. So, so first, first and foremost, um, you did a, you did a great thing. I think a personal recommendation, a personal referral is one of the best ways you can do it. And if your attorney or even your title company has said, I've worked with these guys for years, they're great. Like you said, Andy picks up the phone, the funds are where they are when they need to be. These guys anticipate my questions, they get it there. I mean, that's what you want to hear from your referral source. Um, you know, and so that's someone that's personally worked with them. I think that's a great start. If you're not in a position where you know someone that's, that's, you know, potentially personally worked with the QI, um, my recommendation, number one, is to go to the Federation of Exchange Accommodators website. Well, the FEA is the governing, the primary governing body domestically of qualified intermediaries. This group first and foremost, lobbies to make sure that 1031 continues. Because as you may not know, uh, January 1st, 2018, 
1031 was almost completely removed by the Tax Cuts and Job Acts. Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, no. Real property was preserved, but personal property, we used to do a ton of air, airplane exchanges. Oh, wow. I mean, it, it could have been Ferraris. Yeah, I need to talk to you about my airplane exchange after <laughs> this. So. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about your, your Lambo. So that, try and get in that Lambo. Well, unfortunately, prior to January 1st, 2018, you could have exchanged a Lamborghini for a Lamborghini, right? Wow. The yeah. personal property was removed. So I digress, but that group lobbied to continue 1031. That group has a code of ethics. Um, that group does criminal background checks and also um, certifies uh, uh, qualified intermediaries to be certified exchange specialists, which is what Andy is. Yeah. Um, and that's the highest designation that you can, you can get. So I would look on the Federation of Exchange Accommodators website to find somebody that's part of that group. I think that's very important. Um, secondarily, sorry, I told you they were going to bark. Hey, man, that's all right. My, it's all my good. Colleague. Um, <laughs> secondarily, I, I think it's important to recognize how long they've been in business. Have they been doing this forever? Um, have, do they have a track record of testimonials and reviews that affirm good work? Uh, number three, uh, you know, have, is this what they do? Right. I would ask yeah. the question, tell me about your expertise. I mean, Andy and I, all we do for Atlas 1031 is 1031 exchange all day, every day. There's a lot of groups that, you know, and I'm not going to disparage them in any way, but title companies, banks, um, attorneys who do a lot of other things. They're excellent at other things and exchanges are just something they do on the side. I found it in my experience in talking with exchangers to be valuable to work with somebody that all they do is 1031 exchange. Right. Yeah. So um, uh, those are a couple of the basics. Um, here's the CD underbelly. And I, you know, I, don't love talking about this because it's, but it is, it is what it is. It's easier to open an ice cream truck than it is to become a qualified intermediary. Oh wow! A qualified intermediary simply means you're not disqualified. You mean harder? Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, no. Harder. No, harder it's to get no, it's easier because listen, you Jay, you could go print a business card today and say you're a qualified intermediary. Yeah. That's what's crazy. There's well, no. You said, you said it was easier to open an ice cream truck. It is business. Yes, it, it is. Okay. Oh wait. You said, I think you mean it's harder to open a, um, an ice cream truck business That's than it I is for, say. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, coffee's not kicked in. Thank you for the alley-oop there. Yeah. No, um, that's fine. Um, yeah, because essentially you could go print a business card and say you're a qualified intermediary. There's no licensing. There's no registration. The FEA has lobbied the IRS to say, please regulate our industry. Yeah. Please make us, please do something. And they said, you know what they said to us? It, you're too small. It's mm. not worth it. And if you go through um, Bigger Pockets, search 1031 Exchange malfeasance on Google, you're going to find case after case over the last hundred years of, of QIs who have run away with people's funds, who have absconded and done Ponzi schemes. I mean, yeah. it's bad news. So, you know, that's it's important to understand. It's scary, man. Yeah, it's I mean, scary. you know, well, because if I could, I could have my funds wired to you, right? Because right. my closing agent is not going to vet you. Right. Correct. It's, it's basically, it's not yeah. their job. Right. And, um, you know, I could wire you that hundred thousand and never hear from you again. Right. Right. And it's, now and it's scary because it's happened. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, now I, uh, uh, trust you cause it came from my lawyer. Sure. Right. And, yeah. and, um, so that, but I think that's all, those are all how long y'all been in business, right. Yep. Is, is mm -hmm. key. Uh, I didn't know it was 16 years for some reason, yeah. but that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I've got just a few more minutes. I want to rapid fire some questions at you. Yeah. Um, so big broad brush. I close on a property that I identified before closing, right? About a week before closing, I engage y'all and say, here's who I'm using for my closing attorney, right. closing agent, title company. Yep. Um, you guys connect with them. Y'all handle all the paperwork so that when I get to the closing table, all I have to do is sign a couple of things. At least That's this right. has been my experience. And that has okay. been on um, selling the property, but also Correct. purchasing in the new one. That's, that's Correct. been my experience so far. Um, from that point of selling, I have 45 days to identify three different properties, mm -hmm. right? Before, um, well, you, you have, you, I mean, yes, you're, you're right. And okay. there, are, there are other rules. So if you want to identify more than three, you can do that. Um, and for the sake of time, I won't go into the details of that, but you okay. are able to identify four properties or more. It's called the 200% rule. Okay. Um, but yeah, just to make sure that's clear. Okay. Uh, and then, 
once I identify those properties, then I have up to 180 day mark or is an additional 180 days from the 45th day? Great question. So when you're, when you sell your relinquished property, you have two concurrent calendar day schedules that begin. The first you mentioned the 45 day calendar uh, ID period, and you have a concurrent 180 day exchange period. So it's not 45 plus 180. It's, it's basically think of them two concurrent starts. Okay. So if you wait till day 45 to ID, you now have 135 days to, to close. close on that property. That's right. Any exceptions to that rule at all? It's a great question. So when I, I'm a, <laughs> a board of faculty teaching tax deferred exchange, and when I teach realtors about this, uh, this concept, I tell them, tell your clients there's no exceptions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, better, it's better to believe that nothing can be done to extend the 45 and 180 day period. But the fact of the matter is there are two exceptions. Number one, uh, and this actually affects Florida uh, and other coastal areas and probably a lot other, but um, any federally um, declared disasters that the IRS uh, deems you know, uh, uh, worthy of this, will be posted on their site and if that affects anything in exchange that can delay the 45 and 180 so again that's federally declared disasters and number two if your exchange or gets drafted into active combat or active combat support okay so those are the only two exceptions um hey everybody so i want to take a break from the action real quick to introduce you to one of the new affiliates of the show everly well you can find out more about them at w2capless.com affiliates and that is with an s on the end of affiliates but everly well has 25 plus uh, or so home health test systems and the way i was introduced to them was through uh, their food sensitivity test. So uh, this is not a food allergy test, but a food sensitivity test, which I understand it's the way that your gastro system processes certain foods and how it reacts to that. So for about the last five years, I've been battling acid reflux, GERD. I've got a second opinion from a general physician. I've got a third from a gastro specialist, which included an upper endoscopy, which if you've had one of those before, you know how, what kind of a fun process that is. But, um, and they all agreed, hey, you've got GERD, you've got acid reflux, let's subscribe you to this uh, medicine. But the medicine didn't always work. So I knew something else was up. Well, through the grace of technology and Google, I was uh, stumbled upon um, Everly Well and their home health food sensitivity test. Uh, it takes them about five weeks to process the test once you get, get it back to them. But what that showed me or revealed to me that I actually have a gluten food sensitivity. And since discovering this, I've done a really good job of transforming my diet and being in gluten uh, aware. Uh, I still feel weird asking for, hey, is this a gluten-free or do you have gluten-free uh, items on your menu when we go out to eat? But what I can tell you is that after about a month of, of watching my diet and staying away from this food sensitivity that I now discovered I have through Everly Well, I'm no longer taking or need to take my acid reflux medicine. And I'm also sleeping better at night, which my wife is going to joke that is there any way possible I could sleep better at night? But yes. And being a W2 capitalist, you want to get that full seven to eight hours of sleep at night so you can feel refreshed and ready to go to not only tackle your investment activities, but also to be great at your W-2. So check them out. Check out Everly Well and all of our affiliates at w2capitalist.com slash affiliates. Now let's get back to it. I, I think it's better to approach the exchange that in the, with the mindset that your timetables are immovable. And it's a 45-day at midnight. It's a 180-day at midnight. Don't, don't mess around. <laughs> and Yeah, yeah. What if I don't identify any property within 45 days? What happens? Uh, great question. So what I'll do is I'll return your exchange proceeds to you on the 46th day or the next business day. And I'll get taxed on that. Correct. Right. It's, just, it's exactly guys, right. And you guys still get your fees. Correct. So the, right. the, and the two ways that we're compensated is there's a flat fee. Uh, and then also we collect interest on the escrow, uh, account, the funds while in escrow. So those two items are non-refundable, but essentially you get your exchange proceeds back day 46 you pay your tax like you sold it in a standard sale, move on, do whatever you want. Okay. Uh, and then last question, uh, some strategy, right? So we've got up to 45 days. You mentioned earlier, which I thought was great, um, that if you identify three properties, they all sell, mm -hmm. right? Before you're able to move on them, you're mm -hmm. kind of SOL, you're shit out of luck. Yeah, right. 
Yeah, technical so, term is your host. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so is there some strategy for waiting until as close as you can to that 45th day? Great question. Right? Or, or should you, or can you, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe there's some rules around this. Can I put a property under contract mm -hmm. and then identify it as long as it's within that 45 day window? It's a great question. So to break that down, um, you're able to amend and revise that list as many times as you want up until okay. 45 days at midnight. I recommend gotcha. uh, to wait until say day 40 to really um, hone in on your properties. Then it's then it's pretty much gonna be in stone, right? Then it, uh, by 45, by the 45th day at midnight, it is in stone. Um, but you know, you can, you can massage that list, change it all the way up until that date. Even if you send it in, you can still amend it and change it, that's fine, up until the 45th day. After that, there's no amending or revision. Set your second question, can I be under contract? Absolutely, and I recommend it. And one of my initial conversations with exchangers, I encourage them to begin looking for the replacement property before they even sell their relinquished. Yeah. Because as you know, Jay, the 45 days happens fast. It comes Man. out fast. And, and so you need to be in the pocket looking, at least in the areas, knowing the type of investment you're looking at. Uh, it's very important to be prepared uh, because I'll tell you, of, of all the 1031 um, uh, you know, invalidations, the 45-day window is probably the number one thing that exchangers don't take seriously. Yeah. And then, and then and this, happened, this, this happened to me this past weekend. I know you got a jet, so I'll, I'll wrap up here. But I had three 45-day IDs this weekend two of them went to basically 9 p.m. on that day. And that is not <laughs> ideal. And it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Listen, it's right. fine. They got it in. Yeah. It's totally fine. But if their scanner didn't work, if they couldn't get the signature, if they couldn't get the addresses from the DST, I mean, there are all sorts of things that can go sideways the last minute. And if I don't have that paper by 45 days at midnight, I, we're done. There's, yeah, no, there's no negotiation. So I'd say wait till day 40, 42, send it in. Let's look at it. You still have three days or so to revise it, um, but then we're sitting pretty. We're in good shape, and we're not worrying about your scanner not working. Yeah, or, or yeah. You're not being able to, oops, you didn't realize your wife needed to sign it too, and she's in Bangladesh. So, like, what yeah. are we going to do? That's a huge yeah. issue. Yeah, so, big, big deal. Um, that's the way to handle it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, one other thing I was going to ask you, too, is, is it, like, I'm in Florida, right? But I'm up in the panhandle near sure. Gulf Breeze or in yeah. Gulf Breeze near Pensacola you're down in Orlando yeah um you know so obviously uh you and I've worked together or I've worked with with your company before um and I haven't even mentioned that I'm gonna let you do a contact thing <laughs> sure. I'm so sorry I, I'm all over the place man uh I'll I'll get you in the intro for sure but um the uh can 1031 exchange cross state lines like if i live Great in question. alabama right or if i wanted to invest outside of florida can that happen right like somebody like people who want to do business with you they don't have to you're not limited to just the state of florida right that's a great question so to break that down um the broad answer is yes we can accommodate 1031s not only anywhere domestically excluding idaho and nevada which i'll talk about in a second okay uh, we can also do international exchanges oh, so okay. listeners or clients that own property in brazil and they and they're a, they're a federal you know, taxpayer they can still be eligible for a 1031 exchange um, wow. idaho, idaho and nevada have specific bonding requirements uh that we as atlas 1031 uh, have not it, based on the volume of that we do from those states we've not invested in those bonds um so the only two states that we don't operate in but like per your example if someone's in alabama or they've got a property in new york or montana or california i mean we can do exchanges essentially anywhere excluding those two states um and the like kind requirement is, except, is exceptionally broad and to the advantage of the exchanger in yeah. that as long as the property is domestic to domestic it's like kind so you could sell in Montana, buy in Florida, sell in California, yeah. buy in New York. So, okay. Yeah. Well, I know we we barely touched the surface of what is possible with a 1031, and primarily, again, I'm being selfish because I wanted to talk to you specifically <laughs> about my job, my yeah, situation. Sure. Uh, but uh, Tom, I think you and what what your your dad's doing at, at Atlas 1031, uh, y'all have made the process very easy. Y'all, y'all have. Thank you. Um, 
you're always available. Like, you, you know, yesterday I couldn't make it work out, but you're like, cause I had emailed you and like within two minutes, Hey, can you talk this afternoon? I was like, right. I really can't. I, I've been <laughs> meetings all, yeah, all yeah, afternoon yeah. long. So, um, sure. and, uh, so anyway, so yeah. how can people get in touch with you or Andy? What's the best way to, Sure. Do that. Yeah. So again, um, we're at Atlas 1031. So the best place to find us is www.atlas1031.com. Um, and uh, on that site, you'll see our 1-800 number, which is 1-800-227-1031. Uh, you'll see our email info at atlas1031.com. We also have uh, request consultation forms that are right on the site. So you can just shoot us an email right that way. Uh, and then I'll, Jay, I'll provide you uh, my personal cell and my personal email um, for the the notes of the podcast and people okay. can directly um, contact me. And yeah, I mean, to that point, I really thank you for those kind words. I really appreciate it. You know, yep. we're, we're a boutique shop, you know, father, son, where uh, this is all that we do. Um, you know, one of the things that we pride ourselves on is, is responding quickly and recognizing that speed is currency in this, in this day and age, you don't have a ton of time, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Most people don't. And a, a, a quick response or an actual pickup of the phone whenever possible goes a long way. So yeah, we, we recognize that and, and pride ourselves on doing great work and combining it with that speed. Yeah. And that's, uh, one of the things uh, I just started a new job about uh, a month ago. Yeah. Um, and that is one thing that they pride themselves on as, as part of their phenomenal care is right. when you dial it, you're talking to a live person, sure. which I've got to get to man. So <laughs> I've got to go, I've got to go take care of the hygiene and get ready and, and got it, buddy. It's off. But Tom, I appreciate your time this morning. It really helps me out. Yeah. My pleasure. Uh, hopefully you and I are having a conversation around day 40. Yeah. I am behind yeah. the eight ball on identifying. Yeah. Um, I've been lazy on that. I knew I should have done something uh, a lot sooner and, mm -hmm. but I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I've got some work to do. I've got to That's hustle. Right. I've got to, got to pick you that, pick that pace up. But you anyway, you and I will be talking soon. Uh, thanks again. And I'll let you know when this comes out. All right. You bet. Thanks. Hey, Jay. By the way, kudos to your wife. <laughs> awesome job. I didn't hear him at all. I don't know her name, but yeah, tell her I said, take her. Yes, she's an absolute warrior. <laughs> Cheers. Thanks, Jay. All right, buddy. Have a great day. See you. you. Bet. Bye.